and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. For just a second there, Mitch, in our headphones during the break, was reading off to us what we didn't know at the time were the names of the starting five. I I thought he was reading us off the names of guys who were out for tonight's game, and I was thinking, who the hell are they going to play tonight? He's like, Chris Paul, Mikel Bridges, Josh Kogi, Tori Craig, DeAndre Ayton. I'm like, they're all out? What the hell's going on? No, that's your starting five tonight. Chris Paul, Mikel Bridges, Josh Kogi getting the start. Tory Craig, DeAndre Ayton. So the two-game experiment of going with Jock Landale and going with the, the Twin Tower big lineup, that uh, that has come and gone. They're not doing that, and they said they're going with Josh Kogi tonight in a game against the Toronto Raptors. Now, that game can be heard on ESPN 620, the Arizona Sports app. It starts a half hour from right now. Of course, we'll keep you completely updated on that game for kind of the overlap, the 20 minutes where that game is on and we're still on. And Kellen is filling in our, our top writer for the Suns at ArizonaSports.com, one of our main fill-in hosts here. So hopefully not too distracted with the Suns game. I imagine you're a professional. You'll focus in. Huh? <laughs> exactly. What? Squirrel! Huh? Squirrel! Um, the Suns have their own set of issues. They've been well-documented. They're taking on a Toronto Raptors team that has a different yet similar set of issues. I think they're a little further down the road with their issues than the Suns are with theirs, and it's potentially reaching a bit of a boiling point for them, depending on how you view their roster. It is, yeah, and we talked about earlier in the show how those might appeal to the Suns on the trade market, most notably Pascal Siakam. There are a lot more dominoes to fall in Toronto, but the first couple are are, are falling, that's for sure. They're losers of 8 of their last 10, 13 of their last 19 in in their last 10 games when going on NBA stats and looking at every team's last 10 games, they are 28th in defensive rating, one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And when we think about Toronto with its length, with Nick Nurse's schemes, you do not think of a horrible defensive team. You think of an elite defensive team, and that's what they've always been known for. Bernsey, if you were going through the month of the schedule, I'm sure a lot of Suns fans, when the timeline came out for Devin Booker, they were like, okay, how's the next month look? Oh boy. You were looking for like the two or three you highlight where it's like, yeah. these are really good opportunities to win a game. It is this one. Toronto played yesterday as well. They're on the second game of back-to-back. The Suns have had two days off. This is one they got to win. I'm not saying it's a must-win in late December, but by by any means, if you're looking at that stretch of that Devin Booker and the ones you got to get, this yep. is one of them. No, in the context of what you're talking, th- this is. And, and I'll be honest, there aren't a lot of them. There aren't a lot of them where you look at and say, okay, that's when you got to win, that's when you got to win. This is one of them. Uh, you, you've got the Knicks on January 2nd, on Monday. You're at Cleveland to close the road trip. You're home against Miami. You're home against Cleveland. Then you're back on the road for a brutal four-game stretch. And I know it's not as brutal because of what's going on with Golden State, but back-to-back road games on January 10th and the 11th at Golden State, at Denver. Then you do the three games and four nights thing when you go at Minnesota. Then you're at Memphis a couple days after that. You you do. You hunt and peck through the schedule to find those games where you say, okay, can we play 500 ball without Devin Booker? And if so, where are those 10 wins going to come from? Where are those 12 wins going to come from? Tonight's one of those nights, and I feel better about their chances. The Raptors are, as you point out, on the second night of a back-to-back. The Suns aren't. Suns got into Toronto in plenty of time yesterday. We had Jock Lendale on the show. They they should be well-rested and ready to go. Um, 
the Suns have their issues, but the Raptors certainly have more, I think, right now, including a head coach who, after last night's loss to Memphis, man, Nick Nurse wasn't having it when it comes to his basketball team. It was about as bad as it could get, Tim. I mean, there was times when we'd make a free throw, and they'd throw ahead and dunk it down at the other end. Like plays that can happen they can happen maybe once every seven years like seriously you know and like you know so uh we gotta we gotta get focused and connected and and get serious about playing harder honestly that's what makes me nervous about a game like this because i mean the suns aren't at the point roster wise where you can count on wins against anybody given all the injuries toronto is favored in this game yeah in vegas yeah. yeah toronto's favored in this game but if you're not winning tonight then you really start to wonder how many games are you going to win without Devin Booker? You know, and and where are those wins going to come from? And how far are you going to slip in the standings before you start to get some bodies back? And and that's why tonight becomes again not a must win game, but I think in many ways a must watch game just to see how they handle all that. Yeah, first of all, watch Siakam if you haven't this year. That's that's worth the price of admission alone. We'll but talk sec- about him in a second. Yeah. Second of all. Kevin Pelton, great idea, but you guys have smart guests on your show of finding smart guys there. Kevin Pelton, one of them for sure, made a really great point I had not considered when looking at the standings. Hey, the play-in sucks because like you're not automatically in the playoffs, obviously. But the way I'm looking at it from a parity perspective in the Western Conference is, yeah, like two to six, like whatever, one to six, like it, it's there's not a huge difference in those teams. But where there is a difference is, you remember when the Charlotte Hornets got embarrassed in their play-in game, and we were like, what are they even doing here? Like, what is this? There is not any of that in the Western Conference right now. The way we would talk about the the parity and just not necessarily the parity, but the plan rather, Burnsy, as we talked about, man, you just got like one huge set performance, one huge Dame performance, and you're gone. And that's a way to think about it still. But you're going to play a much better team in the plan as it stands right now than you ever have in the history of the plan because of the amount of parity in the Western Conference. So start thinking about that plan in a different way because there's just really solid teams in the mix right there. I mean, Minnesota on the edges isn't even there and the talent that they have alone but you're talking about Sacramento, Portland, Utah, Golden State are there right now. Like Those are solid teams that could beat the Suns, a fully healthy Suns team on the right night and putting yourself in that kind of position, that's where you start to like, you're like, okay, can they can they go 6-9 and nine over these 15 games? Can they go 4-11? and 11? Is it going to get, and then that's where you start to go, okay, now they're three games below 500 and he's back. You're three games out of the sixth spot and it's where it starts to add up, Burnsy. This this stuff happens way faster in the league than people think in terms of the standings. Look, they've played 36 games, so they're not quite halfway there, but you can see halfway from there. They're a half game out of the seventh seed ahead of the Sacramento Kings. They're a game away from the eighth seed in the Portland Trailblazers. This is close. This is close. And this... It, this is going to stay close, I think, right? I think this is going to be a lot of jostling and a lot of jockeying for positioning. I, I, I think that this isn't this narrative. I don't see a lot of separation happening on this one. So, again, it just kind of emphasizes the nature. You got a team that's getting, you know, the head coach saying tonight's effort was as bad as it could get. We were making plays that we should only make once every seven years kind of bad. You have to take advantage of that. Now, here's the other reason tonight's kind of a must-watch game. When you start, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. You start identifying superstars around the league and their availability. We did this dance all summer long with Kevin Durant and his alleged availability. 
Pascal Siakam, and I'm sure right now someone in their car is going, he's not a superstar. Yeah, he is. Check the numbers. He's a superstar. All-NBA 13 performer a year ago. Pascal Siakam might be the closest you're going to get to an available superstar in the next five weeks. I mean, if they decide to take a stick of dynamite to this thing and make him available and view him as their reset piece to get all those draft picks and to get players who are under better contracts, more long-term contracts, he might be the next one available. And as you said earlier, if he is, pounce. Pounce on him. Get in there. From a points, rebounds, assists, production standpoint, the only guys producing like him are LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic. Then it's Pascal Siakam. You're like, Pascal Siakam? Yeah, Pascal Siakam. He has been tremendous this year. And you know what's fun, Bernsey? Eight and a half free throws per game. This guy's been living at the line this year. We know the Suns really desperately need... I think people think about it wrong. They think about like the free throws and getting just the physical presence, getting officials on their side more and showing we are going to attack the basket consistently be ready to blow your whistle one way in there Pascal Siakam has earned that respect this year and him bringing that type of respect to the Suns would be huge and we're talking about him as an offensive player he's known primarily as a defensive player yeah Burns, he's a tremendous defender as well some of that has dropped off in recent years because he's having to do so much but he would come here and you and I were talking about this when we didn't have the mics on one of those guys Burns, where he's okay with being number two he yes. doesn't have to come in here and be the superstar it can still be Devin Booker's team and it still would be Devin Booker Team. But he's more than capable of being your number two. He's not a fake number and two. And when he needs to put the cape on to be the number one, right. oh, he can take he, it. He can do it, right? Yeah. He's not one of these guys who would be playing up to play the role of the number two. No, he'd be perfectly cast. We were The reference we were making yesterday was, was if you look at the Suns as like Ocean's Eleven, okay? Okay, yeah, book is Danny Ocean. All right, you need a Rusty. Rusty, where's who, Rusty? Where's Rusty? Yeah. Pascal Siakam can be Rusty. Ooh, he can, he be can rusty. totally be Rusty on now this I'm team. I'm pushing Pascal Siakam. I'm just randomly eating food throughout a throughout a game, like Brad Pitt. Brad did Pitt in those always movies. eating in those movies. Always. Text oh, us your great. thoughts on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Earlier, we did our positive year in review for Arizona sports, and obviously, we didn't have much to choose from. Now, the negative year in review. Oh God, where to start next on the Burns and Gambo Show? And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. From a karma standpoint, I think we've paid the price in 2022. Here's what I mean by that. So, this is the last show. Kellen's filling in for Gambo today. This is the last show of the 2022 calendar year that we're doing. By the next time we're on the air, it's going to be, we actually have Monday off because it's New Year's Day observed. So, the next time we're on the air is Tuesday, January 3rd. This is mislabeling emails for six weeks until we get 2023 done. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, exactly. All that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, what you get this time of year is you get stories, and, and it's good clickbait. I enjoy it. The year in review, right? We've got one at ArizonaSports.com right now. The the most read ArizonaSports.com stories of 2022, and I'm a total sucker for stuff like this. So I clicked on it. I go through the you know the screens and the the, the slideshow, and I check it out. It's good stuff. It was really entertaining, and every website is doing this right now. As I'm going through this list, I'm realizing that karmically speaking, we are paying for 2021. 2021 was a Beautiful, beautiful, magical NBA Finals, Suns in four, Lakers. I mean, 
Cardinals seven and zero, ten and two. I mean, all yeah. of that stuff. The Booker and the Olympics. I mean, just go on and on. It was a magical year, brother. We have paid for that year in 2022. You go, you go through this. There's Arizona, a Cliff Kingsbury sigh. <laughs> you go through this most read Arizona Sports dot com stories of 2022. Good luck finding the good news. You know why? There wasn't any. I mean, outside of the Suns finishing with 64 wins, that was really good news. Beyond that, it's been a year, man. It has been a year between the Suns and the Cardinals. So earlier in the show, Kellen and I did our most positive stories of 2022 in review. Now it's time for our most negative stories of 2022. And I'm going to start this one, and I'm just going to give you a date, Kellen. I'm just going to say the date, and you're going to know. All I have to do is say... May 15th, 2022. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sunday night, Footprint Center, Game 7, Dallas Mavericks. What the literal bleep was that? I can't think. I mean, for everything that went wrong everywhere else with every other sports team in town in 2022, that night to me was, and it's probably because of my affinity for the Suns, but that loss to the Dallas Mavericks, that embarrassment to the Dallas Mavericks, was the bottom. That was, it was, I, it was, I still to this day can't believe that actually happened. And it's been seven months since it happened. I still to this day can't believe it happened. Marquise Chris drills a corner three to extend the Mavs lead to 46. That was my last tweet from that game. Friend of the show, Scott Howard, who I've followed on Twitter forever. That's been his bio ever since. Just the Arizona sports fandom of that kind of tweet just encapsulates everything perfectly. Yeah. And, and, and trust me, there have been so many others and we'll get to so many others. Um, but that's mine. Game seven loss to the Dallas Mavericks. If if you're if we were building a top ten worst stories of 2022, I'd give you game seven, and I would take my chances that I would win that battle. Like anyone, Burnsy, I see these things through my own lens, and I saw it through the lens of just the most ridiculous story of the year, and one that obviously was one that had some negatives attached to it. It and I wrote a story on ArizonaSports.com in late July titled "The Ridiculous Timeline of Kyler Murray's Contract Saga with the." Arizona Cardinals. It was seven months long. There were 19 different stories or events that we wrote about on the story. Mitch hit it. We're about to hear him right now. January 17th, the Cardinals lose to the Rams. Their season is over. February 7th, the scrubbing. Boomers learn what a scrubbing is, which is when you take things off your Instagram account. But you can reactivate them and add them later. You can sort of see the pictures anyway. There's no Cardinals pictures from Kyler Murray. Oh my God, what does it mean? Does he follow them? No. Did he follow them before? We're not really sure. February 13th, Super Bowl week. Hey, the Cardinals are out of the news cycle, right? Nope. ESPN reports cites quote-unquote odd vibe with frustrated Kyler Murray. Next day, Valentine's Day, Kyler speaks, but like digitally on a notes app screenshot. Uh, looks more like an Instagram story, text, whatever. Uh, he said, quote, all of this nonsense is not what I'm about. Followed by more nonsense. February 25th, owner Michael Bidwell downplays the controversy of the scrubbing slash reports, whatever. February 28th, who could forget it? The statement with that font we uh, all couldn't read. Pull over font. in your cars. If you're going to try and read this at a stoplight, no, you need a magnifying glass to see what this thing says. <laughs> March 1st, 1st, NFL Draft Week, Combine Week, Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime. Negotiations are confidential. The statement 
is, is just business. March 8th, the unscrubbing. The pictures are back. The Cardinal stuff is back. Everything's fine. March 24th, Kyler's at a charity event. Says he's an Arizona Cardinal. Everything's fine. Until April 14th, the offer has been pulled. The contract is gone. The agent has pulled it. April 19th, Kyler's not at OTAs. Cliff says it's not a big deal. April 21st, Kyler tweets again. I want to win Super Bowls with the Cardinals. AZ is home. April 27th, formality. Cardinals exercise fifth year option. April 28th, they trade for his best friend in the world, Hollywood Brown. Everything is fine. He's got his receiver. He's got his buddy from Oklahoma. It's all good. May 23rd, he's not still at OTAs. He's not there anymore. Wait a minute. The second round of OTAs, he's there. June 1st, everything is fine again. Wait a minute. It's June 6th. He's not at OTAs again. What's happening? Oh, my gosh. June 14th, he's back. Back at mandatory OTAs, July 21st, it's over. He signs the contract. I'm so tired. <laughs> breathe, breathe, breathe. Into the nose, out through the, into the nose. That's that nice. was impressive. That was great. You had Ruby rolling. You I was on the ground. He literally had his head on the. I'm saying, I'm talking right now, so you can catch your breath. You had Ruby's head on the desk. He was laughing so hard. That was. I hope I accurately portrayed the foolishness that was those seven. Months. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the best, the best, the, the best, I swear. Well, okay, the two things. One, having to explain to boomers what scrubbing your account is. <laughs> I had to do that. Okay, right. <laughs> to you guys. I know you did. Like, what does this mean? Why, why, why is there no longer stuff on his account? Um, and then the, I'm sweating. The single spaced all caps crazy font letter from from Eric Burkhart. That was that was just the, the peak level ridiculous. The story Super Bowl weekend well, was like the ninth most ridiculous thing that I talked about, and that was ridiculous. Well, I, and okay, while you're catching your breath still, and you're actually a little red in the face, if you don't mind me saying, I, if I missed it, because you were going really fast, did, did you have the homework clause in there? That was after. That was after. Okay, so that that wasn't even part. Okay, so to add an extra layer of ridiculousness, you didn't even get into the homework clause and the controversy that came from the homework clause. I was on with Luke that day before you guys, and I was saying, like, who let this get out? And then we found out later from Rappaport, it's public information. He kind of went through and found it through his own channels. And then it was gone. And then it was gone, and everything was fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, I mean, if we're going through some of the other negatives of the Arizona sports year, um, it, it's, it's, it, it, this is not meant to be mean to the Cardinals, but so many of them are Cardinals related, right? I mean, so many of them, starting with the loss to the Rams, the embarrassment that day, the, 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 the disengagement that Kyler showed that on the field, the DeAndre Hopkins suspension, the unfortunate and untimely passing of Jeff Gladney, uh, Hollywood Brown gets pulled over for speeding. Steve Kime on a medical leave of absence. Kyler blows out his knee. I mean, the, the whole Cardinals year, you'd be better off making a list of the things that went right for the Cardinals than the things that went wrong in 2022, because it won't take you nearly as long. J.J. Watt went right. Zach Allen went right. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of individual players who went right, but not a lot. But it wasn't just the Cardinals. There were other negative to things play, that happened in 2022. You said one of your positives was just the Kevin Durant saga at the beginning and the excitement of it. So with that in mind, them not getting Kevin Durant and for as long as it went out as its own saga, is that at the top of the list for you when you go over this? Is that number one for you, not getting Kevin Durant? Or does the Cardinals... 
Dis- not dysfunction, just a mess of the year. Kind it's, of. it's hard. It's hard for me to separate one cardinal story from another when okay. talking about the negative stories of 2022. So I'm just going to say yeah. cardinals. You know, I, I, after I, the five year extensions, it was it was. Yeah, it was I, I'm just going to say that as as the number one. I, I, I do think not getting Kevin Durant is really high up on my list. I, I'll, I'll throw another one out there. The way the Herm Edwards era ended at ASU with such a thud and such an embarrassing loss and then the the stunning conversation from Ray Anderson that they're in a better spot now than they were before they hired Herm Edwards and just how ridiculous that was. I would put that as a negative this year, this calendar year. Um, I, I think that's about, I mean, I have to go look at the list to see what else. Do you have any other negatives from 2022? No, not really. I mean, on a, on a micro, like a micro scale with the Suns, of course, there's like little things here and there that you can imagine the, the failed pursuit of Kevin Durant we just mentioned. But I mean, even still on the Sun side, they're still a pretty darn good basketball team and they're so title contenders at the end of the day. So I'm not willing to go too far into how the regular season has gone so far or anything like that necessarily. We mentioned the, the, the good during the good segment, the, just the upswing. It seems like the D-backs are on. I don't think anything from a Dimebacks perspective comes to mind for me necessarily. No. No, nothing from the Coyotes. I, I, I will say this about the Suns. Yeah, they're still a good basketball team. And I'm certainly not cashing everything in and giving up on them organizationally. But it's it's not been a great year for the Phoenix Suns organization. At least in my mind, it hasn't been a great year. The 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 loss to Dallas, the the inability to really do anything at all this offseason other than just kind of play it safe and be patient and wait, wait, wait. The Devin Booker injury. I, I mean, it, it hasn't... Yeah, they set a franchise record for most wins in a season. And I don't want to minimize that. That was a big deal when it happened. And the Suns were certainly poised to be the favorites for the title going into the postseason. But there hasn't there hasn't been a whole lot that has gone. It hasn't been a great year for the Suns. I guess I'll just put it that way. There, there has just been enough that hasn't happened that has kind of kept them stuck in neutral this year. Whereas I really thought this was going to be a build upon your success from the last two years kind of year, and it hasn't happened yet. But, but to your point on the KD versus the Cardinals as a whole, if we just made individual segments for a top twenty five. The Cardinals would have fifteen of those spots, twenty of those spots. Like it's if we. Didn't lump the Cardinals into just their own category, and we said, "What are the top twenty-five negatives to come out of 2022? It's just been that kind of it's year. The amount that went wrong. Yeah, it's, it was not, it's not just what went wrong; it was the amount of yeah. things. The timeline that you did, where you're just now getting your breath back, we could almost do that for just the Cardinals. The injuries that year. they've had, uh, all it's, that. It's just up. been a just a disaster. It has, and they and they know it. And the question is, is what is going to be done about it? When we come back, in JJ Watts' own words, Jesse Lucetta made Watts' day when he. He announced his retirement. And boy, what a story it is. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Well, a season for the Arizona Cardinals that, quite frankly, could use a little levity. Got some this past week. It it didn't come in the form of great news. J.J. Watt announcing he's retiring. Um, I mean, good for him. Good. For, I, I don't make it sound awful that he's retiring. He's making a decision that's right for him and right for his family and right for his situation. But he clearly has some toothpaste left in the tube, right? He, he clearly could play another year or two if he wanted. I don't know if it would be here. I'm sure, there are a couple front offices in the football. They're like, oh, okay, cross cross them off. Dang I came it. across a list today on NFL.com of the top 51 free agents for next year, and the guy who authored it said, I would absolutely. 
absolutely put JJ oh, yeah. Watt on this list. Yeah, he's absolutely. Still, is he a difference maker on a down to down basis? Not necessarily, but he's a difference maker still. There's only a couple of guys on your team who you can classify as difference makers. He would have been for a team next year. Yeah. So it, it's well, it's a bummer that he's walking away while he still has some game left on the field. Certainly, the way he did it, the 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 reasoning for it, and to be honest, the season that he's having, he's still playing his ass off every single day. It's been great. It's been inspiring. It's been fun to watch. I've enjoyed it, and I, and I think his time here with the Cardinals was time indeed well spent. That levity that he provided um, came in the story that he told on Wednesday when he had his press conference. This is a long cut. It's a great story. J.J. Watt is a really good storyteller, and he tells the story of his retirement announcement, and by now I think you've heard this, but just to set it up, let's play it again for you. I posted the tweet yesterday, and then I just kind of put my phone down because I knew it would be crazy. I took my son to uh, his pediatric appointment. We took him to his doctor's appointment. And I'm coming home, and I'm like, all right, let me check my phone. Literally, it's just, it's crazy. Um, but I'm scrolling through it, and there's this number that I don't recognize that FaceTimes me. Like it's, And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to answer a FaceTime. I don't know. So I just let it go to voicemail, and then I get a text from that number. And it's a voice memo. And I'm like, who is this number? So I play the voice memo, and it's... I wish I could play it so bad. I wish so bad. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him if I can later. I don't want to now. And it is like incoherent, complete incoherence. And it's, uh, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I, I literally thought it was like distorted from, from the phone. So 10 seconds later, a picture comes through and it's, it's Jesse Lucetta, our rookie outside linebacker. And he has like cotton balls and bulls in his mouth. He just got his wisdom teeth out. <laughs> he's high off his ass. He has no clue what he's doing. And, it, and he sent, like in the message, it said, is like, JJ, I just heard you're retiring. I, all I want is a jersey at the end of the season. But I mean, it is incoherent. Like, beyond incoherent. I listened to it ten times to understand what he was saying. And uh, and so so then I'm like, I laugh my ass off. I mean, I'm dying laughing. So I FaceTime him, and he answers, and he is still gone. I mean, just completely gone. And I'm like, Jesse, what, the, what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, I just want a jersey. And like, he's just like, he he can't speak whatsoever. And then like four hours later, I get a text from Justin. He goes, he goes, I still want that jersey, man. He goes, but I'm sorry for the call. They had literally just told me when I woke up from the anesthesia that you're retiring. <laughs> I, was like, it, I mean, I, when I tell you I was dying laughing, it was the funniest. I'll see if I can get him. I'll get his permission to give me the clip because it's gold. It's gold. He's getting, the He's getting the jersey. I told him. I said, you got the jersey. You made my day. You won the whole day. All right. So updates to the story. Part one. Jesse Lucchetta today tweeted out a picture of the autographed jersey. Very cool. Updates to the story part two. JJ Watt got permission to release the voicemail. Click the button. You ready for this? Yeah. So funny. JJ. JJ. I need a signed jersey, JJ. That's all I was going to call and tell you. You knew that when he got here in Arizona, he was like, oh, I mean, a JJ, I need a JJ jersey. It's just one of those things where he never thought to like find the right moment or whatever. So then he wakes up, they tell him, oh my gosh, JJ's retiring. And he's like, oh, 
I need my jersey. JJ. And he just had to JJ. JJ. I, 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 hold on, I'm going to play it again. I'm going to play it again. JJ. Okay, JJ. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to this. Hold on. Here we go. Oh, for goodness sakes. Oh, not like no, this on the last on, show no. of 2022. No, hold on. Like, okay, no, like here we go. This. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Not like this. I'm going to do it like this. JJ. 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 I need a signed jersey, JJ. I need a signed jersey, JJ. That's all I was going to call and tell you. That's all. Bye, JJ. You can you can back this up when uh, I know that Tyler Drake, Darren Urban, all of them are like, as soon as JJ starts the story, they're like, oh, this is going to be a good one. And you like going to these uh, availabilities and stuff, um, it, it's hit or miss in terms of what you get. But when you get some really good stuff, it, you really remember it. And uh, six years ago. I was at an Earl Watson pregame press conference, and those are usually how they are. You know, you ask about the opponent or whatever, and it was Devin Booker playing against James Harden. I just asked him about, like, you know, like a young guy in the league looking to, against a guy who's an MVP and all that kind of stuff. And he went on to tell this story when he was playing in Seattle, and Gary Payton, who started in front of him, was sitting. So Gary Payton being Gary Payton was all over, and it was like, oh, you're playing John Stockton tonight? Get ready. And he was weirded out by it because John Stockton – was someone who Gary Payton respected. And every time Gary Payton got scored on by almost anyone else in the league, he's like, that guy's trash. He got lucky, whatever. He really respected John Stockton. That made Earl Watson kind of go, oh, okay. I got to take John Stockton serious. So Gary Payton's telling him, like, you got to defend the way we do in practice. Get up on him. Don't let him get anywhere. Go full court. He's covering John full court for like three minutes. And then the fourth minute, the next possession, John Stockton dribbles it all the way down to the free throw line. Throws the ball directly at Earl Watson's face out of bounds. <laughs> Earl Watson ducks, hears the ball whiz past his face, turns around, no one's there. And John Stockton just says, back up. <laughs> Amazing story. I always remember that one. That's the one for me. And like for the Cardinals people, it'll be that one with JJ. But that's one for me. I know Earl is thought of in certain ways, to say the least, with how his 10 years as head coach went. But he was an amazing storyteller. And that's one for me that's just like, that's got the 90s feel of the NBA to it and everything. It's just, it's so good. You know what? It's, boy, I've been doing this for so long. And you didn't deliberately do this, but I, I'm on the spot a little bit. And being on the air and being on the spot is a bad spot to be in. So nothing's. I'm trying to remember what was my memorable when the coach told me this or when the player told the that way, story. The, and I, I can't. So the way that what um, it is the way that Watson worded it, he said. So that was my first experience with someone who I admired, and to me was the best in my position. He and Gary Payton. So he got both sides of it. He got to see the guy he looked up to talking him on. Then he got to see the guy he looked up to playing against him. They, they go through a lot of cool experiences, those professional athletes. Oh, yeah. Know, oh, 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 cool. yeah. They got stuff. a lot of stories. They, they got, got a lot of stories and, and stuff like that. And, and, I mean, good for Jesse Lucchetta. I mean, for, first of all, for, for like, for having, it's, it's not quite the defensive back who intercepts Tom Brady and asks him to autograph the ball after the game like we saw a couple of weeks ago. But here's, just, here's this emotional moment for J.J. Watt in which he's walking away from an all-everything career. What does Jesse Lucchetti do? I got to call him and ask him. For an autograph jersey, I got to make sure I get my jersey before JJ's not in the building anymore. Um, but good on Jesse Lucchetta for letting JJ release that because man, that is so. That I'm going to play it one more time. I just got JJ, JJ. 
Is he saying I'm under anesthesia? Is that I, what that last part is? I think so. I the, think so. The too. crazy thing is, uh, Jesse was watching JJ Watt since he said JJ like that. Like, think about that. How long JJ Watt's been around? Yeah. How young he was back then? And yes, I JJ. That's all I call it. Is it Tom after Dennis? Is it what? Is it, is it Tom after Dennis? I can't remember. Like the there's a super viral YouTube. It's like one of the most viewed YouTube videos, and it's like the kid's name after Dennis or whatever. Like Timmy after Dennis. I can't remember what it is, but it's just like that where it's a kid cod mouth and he's just saying ridiculous things. Oh, I, I, I'm not familiar. And with we've that all video we've about. all seen those videos. Yeah, and this was another one. Yeah. yeah, we've all. I mean, and we've all been there too. We're under anesthesia or you know something else. Probably David after things. Dennis. That's what David, I was thinking. About. David after. I'll have to look that up. I've not seen that. I've not seen that before. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, sorry, we just had to share it with you because that good on Jesse Lucetta for letting that be out there. We'll check in on the Suns as we head into the final weekend of 2002. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, there's a ton on tonight. We'll end with the Suns game because that's on right now. That just started a few minutes ago. We'll kind of give you an update on what's going on with that. Locally, there the Suns are the only local team in action tonight. Of course, this weekend is going to be a busy one. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State tomorrow. Kellen, you're going to that game mm-hmm. as a fan. I know, yes, in fact, a bunch of people at the station, I believe, are going to that game as a fan. I heard Dan Bickley's going today. Is Kevin Zimmerman going? I think he might be Dan. Shapiro Danny Shapiro's going yep. from the web team. He'll be yeah. throwing up Forkham to me when he's, where he's from where he's sitting. I'm sure we'll see how long that lasts. Um, Coyotes in action tomorrow. The Cardinals in action. Of course, on Sunday, the Suns in action again on Monday. A day game against the Knicks, 1 o'clock. Didn't they do that day game thing against the Celtics last year around New Year's Day? I remember that being a disaster. <laughs> Just I remember taking down the Christmas tree, and every now and then I would walk around yeah. the corner and see what the score was. I'm like, oh my god, they get destroyed. Knicks are playing good basketball right now. Boston Celtics, yeah, that's something to be concerned about, to say the least. Um, all right, so that's what's on this weekend. On tonight, that isn't the Suns. You got a lot of college football action that happened over the course day. The big one, and we'll join this game in progress as soon as we're done here is the Capital One Orange Bowl. Sixth-ranked Tennessee versus seventh-ranked Clemson in this game. Two teams are obviously just on the outside looking in of the postseason race. With games like that, you never really know who cares about it more. Which team is going to be less disappointed they didn't get into the Final Four, right? Because that's the team that's going to win. Every every bowl game like that always comes down to which team doesn't give a crap that it's in the Orange Bowl and which team does. And that team will win by three touchdowns. I just don't know which one it is. How much does this matter to our program? And yeah. One program's going to decide, oh yeah, this matters. And one program's going to say, we have higher standards than this. We don't care about being in the Capital One Orange Bowl. Uh, the only other bowl game going on right now is going on down in Tucson. It looks like a good one. Wyoming is beating Ohio 24-21 in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. The game's got two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Now on to the Suns. They're playing the Raptors right now, and I peek around the corner because I can't see what the camera's... 12 to 9. 12 to 9 with seven minutes to go in the first quarter of this game as the Suns are wearing their city edition unis with the, the turquoise and, and, and all of that as they're trying to stay in this game against Toronto. This is a big one. We've talked about this game a lot over the course of the day only in the context of 
Toronto is playing really poor basketball as of late. They haven't played well at home. They haven't played well, period, lately. And if you start looking for games where you need the Suns to win in this Devin Booker-less stretch... This is one of them. This is a big one of those games for them. Yeah, we already saw it in the game early on. DeAndre Ayton got a post touch and was double teamed, and he threw it to Torrey Craig, who was wide open under the basket for a layup. We've seen a lot of that for the Suns' defense, of course, but Toronto in their last 10 games, 28th in defensive rating. That is a surprising thing for people who know the NBA uh, well because they are well-renowned for being not only a good defensive team, but a great defensive team. They, they've lost their edge and their competitive spirit a little bit. You just read these stories coming around from, from Canada from Toronto and the people who cover this team on a day-to-day basis and it's it's not necessarily uh, I wouldn't call the Suns uh, situation an identity crisis but it seems like Toronto is going through one right now where it's the we know what this team looks like like we've seen you guys do these things before why is it such a challenge for you right now yeah and and, and the same can be said about the Suns at times where that competitive spirit that edge it's just been missing for big chunks and, and I'll tell you something else and I know you wrote about this at ArizonaSports.com and I kind of used it as the inspiration to talk about it a little bit yesterday and the guy they're showing on the screen right now as he's walking off the floor is Chris Paul that third quarter that he had the other night was the first real Chris Paul take over a game moment he's had all year. Now, I know he's missed a lot of time because of the injuries. I know he hasn't played a lot. He's been working his way back into shape. I get all of that. But how many times over the course of his son's career where we have seen him just take over a game for a quarter, a half of a quarter, whatever. He did it the third quarter the other night against Washington. That's the first time we've really seen it all year. We've seen him play well in spurts, but not like that. Not to the tune of, everybody hop on, I'm going to carry you now for the next six to eight minutes. Do we start to see more of that out of Chris? Was that just a one-off thing? I So much of this season depends on the answer to that question. You know, who is Chris Paul going to be the rest of the year? It's almost staggering to think how much of this season depends on the answer to that question. It's it's crazy to watch him do that type of thing, and and what what I mean by saying that is it's so crazy that I can remember the game where I first really saw it. It was at Memphis, and I looked it up. It was about twenty thirty games into the year where the Suns had a pretty good first quarter, and they were up about. 8 to 12 points, and then somewhere in the second quarter, okay, they're up by 15, they're up by 17, then all of a sudden, they're up 25, now they're up 28, now they're up 31, and the game is over at halftime, and that was Chris Paul going in there and saying, like, we're not going to do the thing where you guys like kind of gradually like chip away at us. We're not going to do the thing where we kind of like stay level and like stay up by 10 or 15. I'm ending this game now. Like, I'm ending this game. And he did it in this dominant, masterful way where they scored, they outscored them 37 to 19 in the second quarter after doing 28 to 15 in the first quarter. And he had this ability, whether it was that kind of way, putting away regular season games or in a playoff game where in the Denver series, you'll remember that, that closeout game he had. It was like those four to six minutes of calm down. Everything's fine. The offense is kind of doesn't have a rhythm for a bit. He never needs a rhythm in the offense to get to his mid-range pull-up to manipulate the defense to choose him to pass to someone else. He just has this ability of puppeteering that no one else in the league does. And Burnsy, he doesn't need to be like scoring 27 points in those games. No, If he scores 17 points in a game, but he does two of those shifts or just one, 
they had no right to be in that Wizards game at all. No right. They were down 19 in the first half. Horrible effort. He does that thing in the third quarter. All of a sudden, they're within one, and you're like, are they going to steal this game? Like, mm-hmm. this is great. And, and then, of course, three minutes later, they're down 15 again. But it's a it's such a game-changing thing that I try and describe as best as I can. You just have to see him do it. And when you see him do it, like you said, you were at home pointing at the screen being like, that, there, he is. there he is. That's hey, the th- point guard. There he is. There's Chris Paul. And, and that's it, you're so right in that with Chris, it's not about the points necessarily. It's it's kind of like DeAndre in that regard, right? Like like I can look at a box score and day DeAndre had twenty and twelve. DeAndre had nineteen and thirteen. Right? You have to really watch the game to know whether he touched the game. And Chris Paul, in some ways, has become the same thing. And what I mean by that is the Suns aren't dependent upon Chris Paul to score twenty five points a night. That's not what it's about. That's not what he's about. That's not what his level of dominance with them has been about. It's about that takeover moment where he's completely controlling the flow. He's completely controlling the pace. He is in total charge offensively of what the Suns are doing. He just has not reached that state of consciousness hardly at all this season. And so for him to do it against the Wizards was really, I thought, the first time I've, oh, okay, hey, there it is. Like you were saying, pointing at the screen like I'm DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, like, hey, there, there, right Rick there. Um, can he get there again tonight? Can he get there again, you know, once per game? Once ever? I, I don't know, but the season... Depends on whether that's going to happen or not. It has to happen if they're going to have a chance. I don't know how you've viewed it, but even that type of skill to me, yes, like physical decline is not going to help, but I thought he was just going to be capable of doing it anyway, even if his physical limitations started to catch up to him at his age, and it's just hit him. It just seems to hit him in, in such a way right now where he's working to get it back, but you can see like when he doesn't quite have the separation he wants, and he wants to do, do, do that step back, leaning fadeaway with the high arc on the shot where it didn't matter the contest, who he shot it over, it's going in and it's just certain movements look too uncomfortable for him right now and you hope as a Suns fan you would hope that in the next month two months three months it's just going to become a more of a comfortable process because he is playing a new role on the team as well. Yeah it looks like he's laboring out there at times you know I I mean even with the small stuff that you wouldn't think would require great labor or effort to to pull off he labors with it and and so we'll see we'll find out DeAndre Ayton a nice little turnaround baseline jumper there as the Suns again coverage of this game they're uh, losing 19 to 15 right now with about four and a half minutes to go in the first First quarter of this game. You Dwayne, can, uh, sorry, Dwayne Rankin just made a really good point. You remember the last game in Toronto for the Suns? Oh, the, the mascot, the mascot, game. the Devin Booker mascot, the Devin game. Booker. Oh my gosh, was that? They were still playing in front of Toronto. Had some strict because of Canada, yeah, yeah because yeah. it was a Canadian. They were still playing in front of yeah. more empty buildings. Then he went to Indiana, and there was another dinosaur that followed him there. And then he was joking, like, yeah, it's going to be it. And then he was just having fun with it, laughing. And then everyone was like, this guy's taking it too seriously. And he's laughing at people thinking he's taking it too seriously. And that, that was, was roughly a year ago, too, wasn't it? Wasn't that game? January 11th. Okay, yeah. So it was almost about this. Was in 2022. That's crazy. We forgot about that in our best of the year. Yeah. And if you missed it, we, we did have a lot of fun with that. Our best of the year, the worst of the year, because uh, this is the final show of 2022. Happy New Year out there. But if I don't get a chance to say it before the end of the show, to everybody who listens to the Burns and Gambo show in Arizona sports, we hope you have a, a safe New Year's Eve and uh, a happy, happy New Year. But yeah, we went through the top sports stories of 2022. Unfortunately, there were some positives, no question about it. Um, the 
there they just were few and far between. The Suns setting a franchise record for most wins in a season. Kenny Dillingham's enthusiasm, Mullet Arena. Uh, you pointed out the Pelican series and that Chris Paul fourteen for fourteen night. The early days of the Kevin Durant pursuit were so much fun to talk about and so much fun to think about. But by and large, twenty twenty two for Arizona sports has been a rough year. It's been a, it's been a rough year for the Suns. It's been an unfathomably rough year for the Arizona Cardinals. And we'll, we'll see what 2023 brings us. We'll, we'll see what we'll we'll be talking about a year from now. Other game I thought of I covered, uh, Suns, Suns Knicks. When I asked Cam Johnson, have you ever been that angry shooting? It, you seem like mad. And he was like, I've never been that angry before when I shot a basketball. Hits the 35-foot game winner. That that was a special night. That that was a really cool one, just yeah. from a coverage standpoint. You know, unfortunate yeah. for me, I, I tend to have more negative connotations about that one than I do positive, just because he got hurt right after that. He did. Or he got hurt during that. And played through it. And, and, and played through it. he was so it. mad. And then we yeah. didn't see him for another yeah. month and a half, and he was never quite the same when he came back from that injury. I, I mean, it was a great night. I hate to have a negative thought about that, but even after that, Cam Johnson kind of went bye-bye for a while. We're going to go bye-bye for now. Kellen, great job. We appreciate it. As always, Happy New Year. We are out of here. Happy New Year. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Orange Bowl is next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.